This is It Was a Thing on TV. Spoiler number one is Dr. Lee Franz. It stinks. What is going on? <laughs> what is going on? Episode 97. Submission number 018. Saturday Night Live, the Domanian season. Saturday Night Live, the Dumanian season, aired on NBC Late Night from November 15th, 1980 to April 11th, 1981, for a total of 13 episodes. So, we were going to do this show, this particular episode, a few months ago. But then, Fred Silverman died, and it sort of threw off the schedule. But And then the coronavirus happened, and then... Uh, 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 bottom line is, this was supposed to be the week of the season premiere, which was delayed to October 3rd. Chris Rock is hosting, by the way. And here we are. But hey, if you're listening on Place to Be Nation Pop, it's either the week of or the week after he hosted. So I guess this is timely. There you go. Okay, so if we're going to talk about Saturday Night Live, I suppose we should go back to the beginning and when i say back to the beginning i mean all the way back to the beginning oh yes because this saturday night live created co-created by lord michaels and dick ebersol in 1975 Mm -hmm. and it ran for five very successful seasons with uh, some of the some of the great sketches and comedy history and some of the greatest cast members in the history of the show. Dan Aykroyd! Chase! Chase! John Belushi, Bill Murray, Jane Curtin, Gilda Radner, Garrett Morris, Lorraine Newman, and, and for, one, for one season, Harry Shear. And for one episode, uh, uh, George Coe or Michael McDonald? Or... George Coe. George yeah, Coe? Yeah, okay. Woodha- Woodhouse from uh, Archer was in it for like one episode. Rest in peace, George Coe. Anyway, yes. 1980 rolls around, and it seems like everybody is suffering from burnout. I mean, this happens when you've been doing five years of a live broadcast very successfully. Lauren Michaels was starting to get burned out, and uh, the, the cast members, they were all exiting their contracts, so, so what happens with NBC is that they decided, you know what? And this is when Fred Silverman decides we should reinvent Saturday Night Live for the 80s. Well, before that, though, remember, who was originally going to be the executive producer of season six of Saturday Night Live? It was supposed to be the uh, uh, um, Tom Davis. It was going. I believe it was going to be Al Franken and Tom oh, Davis. Oh yeah, Al Franken and Tom Davis. Oh yeah, Al Franken and Tom Davis. And uh, it, and he would have gotten the job, but there was uh, something happened in the 1979 season. Oh yeah, a famous uh, skit on Weekend Update with Al Franken called "A Limo for the Lamo," mm-hmm. where basically Al Franken tore Fred Silverman to shreds and rightly so because if you remember nbc in 1979 nbc loud as a peacock 
play the clip. Supposedly, according to legend, Don Imus played that clip on his show on WNBC radio, and he got reamed for it. Yeah. But, uh, okay, so you have the background information. So Lauren Michaels is heading out the door. Al Franken and Tom Davis were about to take the seat when Fred Silverman decided... Yeah, no. Nope. Lauren Michaels. Now, Lauren Michaels did not get this news firsthand. I mean, he just found out that they were going with a new executive producer. It wasn't going to be Tom Davis or Al Franken. No. It was going to be his associate, Lauren Michaels' associate producer from the previous season, Gene Demanian. Yes, and for those of you who don't know who Jean Dominion is, she is a, a longtime collaborator with Woody Allen, I believe. Mm-hmm. Jean Dominion was tapped by Silverman to be the new executive producer when the show started up in 1980. Uh, this came as a shock to everybody. This came as an absolute shock to everybody. So, in... Almost in solidarity, the entire cast decided, you know what, Lauren? We're with you, and we're leaving the show. Except uh, the entire cast and everybody on the writing staff except for one person, and that would be Brian Doyle Murray. So here's Gene Manian and one writer has to start over from scratch. Now, if you're a comedian in Los Angeles in 1980, hey, or not even Los Angeles, New York. If you're a comedian in America in 1980. Oh, this is your chance. This is your big chance. This is your big chance for stardom. And I'll tell you right now, uh, among, the, among the names considered, oh. James Carey. Wait a minute. Who? James Carey? Yeah. James Carey. Jim Carrey. Oh, that guy. Of, oh, past hear, insta- I... of past installment, The Duck Factory. Oh, and, and by the way, I, I heard that he's, uh, if you've been hearing the news, I hear he's got a certain role in this season of Saturday Night Live. <laughs> wink, wink. Yes, he does. Wink, wink, not, not, nudge, nudge. Hey, here's a make good for 40 years ago. The second person considered was a guy who's been on SNL more times than I even remember. John Goodman. 
Oh yeah. Oh, yeah, he's in the Five Timers Club. Yeah, he's he was in the Five Timers Club, but he was actually performing with the cast when he wasn't hosting the show. I mean, he's it's, it's like if you were to do a great sort of billboard of SNL alums, he would be grandfathered in. Oh yeah. I mean, he he was seemingly in like the 1997-98 season playing Linda Tripp like every single week. Yes, he was. Oh my yeah, god. To the point to the point where they actually made fun of it with Don Pardo calling him a former cast member with John saying, well, uh, Don, I was never in the cast. And Don saying, good Lord, you sure do work a lot here for a guy who doesn't work for the show. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's, and then another name that was considered was a guy by the name of Paul Rubens. Now you may, now if you were in 1980 and you heard of Paul Rubens, you may have remembered his episode on the gong show. His episode he was on like five episodes of the he Gong Show. He was on show. five episodes of the Gong Show. Well, oh, we'd, we'd have to have, we'd have to go to our good friend Adam Needif about this, but I'm pretty sure he was on at least three episodes. Uh, oh yeah, because Adam Adam, for those of you who don't know, has watched every episode of the Gong Show. And right? we're not joking about that. No, he's he's literally watched every episode of the Gong Show. We're talking about the original Gong Show, not True Don Blue or Mike Myers, although those are really good watches too. And also, we should mention Paul Rubens. Uh, who is star of future installment? You don't know Jack. Oh, let's yeah. cheat them. I mean, let's meet them now. Anyway, so those were some of the names that were actually considered to be on the show. So who did John? So who did Gene Dumanian ultimately hire? I'm going to do my. I'm going to do my best. Um, I'm going to do my best, Don Pardo here. <clears throat> Starring Denny Dillon. Wait, wait, Denny Dillon, a future installment, women in prison? A future installment, women in prison. Gilbert Gottfried. You mean Gilbert Gottfried, the co-host of Popular Podcast? Gilbert Gottfried's amazing colossal podcast? That would be the one, Gregory. Gail Mathias! Who? Bobby's mom on Bobby's World! Oh, okay. Joe Piscopo! Oh, you mean the Joe Piscopo from the CD-ROM game Multimedia Celebrity Poker with Jonathan Frakes and Morgan Fairchild? Yes! <laughs> and Risley! To this day, nobody knows who <laughs> Ann Risley is. Yeah, I got nothing. <laughs> and Charles Rocket. Wait, 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 wait. You mean? No, wait, not that Rocket. I was no, thinking of something no, else. No, he, he's not. He didn't say Johnny Rocket. He said Charles Rocket. <laughs> You'll find out about that joke in a few minutes. Oh yeah. Okay. Now, but uh. Now, and this is what, and, and SNL historians Doug Hill and Jeff Weingrad said that they were still missing one key cast member. Gene still wanted what, what they called an ethnic. Gene was looking for a black person. Oh. Oh, yeah, it makes sense because Garrett Morris isn't there anymore. Yeah. So uh, Gene wanted... Jean had her eye on Robert Townsend, 
No, Allegedly. That, well, well, that would have you know what that would have been a bad choice. No, it wouldn't have. It wouldn't have been a bad choice. Uh, Robert Townsend was uh, really good. In fact, he's future installment Townsend Television, where he's actually doing sketch comedy his way. Yeah, and of course Hollywood Shuffle. Come on. Now wait a second. If we're talking about that Robert Townsend, Meteor uh, Man. Meteor well, Man. Come on. No, 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 no. You don't even know where I'm going with this. So okay, just, go ahead. okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Slow your roll. We're, we're talking about Robert Townsend, who uh, owned at least one TV station at some point or, or a cable channel. Mm-hmm. Oh, so you know what he's responsible for? Future installment, the $1,000 B. <laughs> I said it, the $1,000 B. You're it's welcome. What the hell is the thousand dollar B? Oh my uh, Greg, 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 have you been Greg, living under a rock for the last Greg, 15 years? Greg, Greg, it's exactly what you think it is. is it's it a, a spelling sp- bee, and at the end somebody has a thousand dollars to show for it. No, that's the season prize. The top prize is a thousand dollars. Oh, oh, wait a minute. That's the You're 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 in a ridiculous spelling bee for a thousand dollars. For the More entire less. season. Okay, so so she wanted Robert Townsend. She was leaning toward hiring somebody named Charlie Barnett. But there was one more person that they wanted to see. From Roosevelt, Long Island, up around your way, Greg. Well, I mean, well, that's all the way Nassau County. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's close a ni- A 19-year-old by the name of... Eddie Murphy. Oh, yeah. They hired Eddie Murphy. Yeah. He premiered on the fourth episode. Yeah, and a and very young Eddie Murphy. I mean, he was ni- yeah, he was 19. That's my he, he had the record for the youngest person on the cast until Anthony Michael Hall joined up. Oh, yeah. And, if, and Pete Davidson has got to be close because when did he, like, debut? Like, when he was, like, 20, 21? Pete Davidson was born uh, November 16th of 1993, and uh, he would have started SNL uh, 2014, so he would have been 20. 21. He would have been 20. Well, it would have started like September, October of, of 14, so he would have been late in his, uh, late at 20, late 20. Mm-hmm. He's, he's a friggin' pup. And I, I, he's only 26. I don't believe that. He's, it seems like he's been on forever. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. He's now getting to be like one of those long-standing vets. Oh, yeah. At the ripe old age of 26? Now, I, I, I put the, the, the uh, inflection in there because, yeah, calling somebody a, a, an old vet at 26 is awkward. But, yeah, I mean, he, he's been around now for looks like this is going to be his – Eighth season, I think, or seventh season. That's crazy, man. That is crazy. Time, Time flies. Yeah. Well, also, if you go to either NBC.com, or I'm not sure if, I don't know if the Peacock app has them, but you can find some sketches from the sixth season of uh, SNL on there. Okay. So we have the players. Now we need writers. Among the writers, uh, some of the more, well, Brian Doral Murray is... Uh, I guess you could say the senior writer, but I don't think it was the I don't think it was the head writer. But anyway, uh, Terry Sweeney, who would join the cast later in '85, in '85, yeah. 
he was a writer. Smothers Brothers Comedy Hour and writer and musician Mason Williams was the first head writer. Oh, the guy who did Classical Gas? Yes, the guy who did That's Classical the guy Gas. Who did classical Gas. He was the head writer. I'll do Classical Gas. He didn't last long as the head writer because uh, I guess the uh, there's a there's a saying in Hollywood. We got we uh, parted ways over creative differences. I was creative and she was different. Also on the writing staff, you have uh, a rehired Michael O'Donohue. That's the name I was trying to remember from season one, Michael O'Donohue. Oh wait, you mean Mr. Mike Michael O'Donohue? Mr. Mike Michael O'Donohue. Yeah. Uh, we also have David Hurwitz. I'm sure I should remember him from something. Uh, Mitchell Craigman, who went on to create Clarissa Explains It All. Ooh. And I don't know who Dirk Wittenborn is, but I'm about to find out. Okay. He produced the Emmy-nominated HBO documentary Born Rich. Mm. But aside from that, a whole lot of nothing. Uh, another name among writers... Somebody took it under their wing to contribute to this effort. Gene Dumanian was a writer. Oh, wow. Why? Why? Maybe because the writing was so bad? But but Gene Dumanian, uh, it says, uh, was a writer, part of the writing staff for 12 episodes, the first 12. Uh And I think we know what happened on episode 13. Uh Or, Or what happened after episode 12, we should say, but... We'll get yeah. to that later. Okay. Yes. Anyway. Yes, yes. Um, okay. So let's go over some episodes here because uh, we'll, we'll 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 go over the episodes and there's going to be some sketches that they start out brilliant and then they just go from there. Yeah. Let's start. Let's okay. start. We'll start with the first episode. But before we do that, it should be noted that the first episode of this season was November fifteenth, and the reason for that was. 1980 was a presidential election year, as is today. But back then in 1980, NBC would use Saturday Night Live Studio, Studio 8H, for election coverage. So mm-hmm. that's why the season went into mid-November when it started. Mm-hmm. Okay, so episode one, uh, hosted by Elliot Gould with musical guest Kid Creole and the Coconuts. Now this was an act, this actually began very brilliantly there uh, did it wait well, i'm gonna disagree it, with that i thought the open well, was lame uh, i don't know if well well depend well you know your mileage may vary here elliot gold was elliot gold was in bed with the with the entire cast and they were basically sort of comparing themselves to the original not ready for primetime players like um gail he told gail matthias that He's kind of a cross between Jane and Gilda. And then Charles was like, well, I'm a cross between Chevy and Bill. And then, hi, I'm Ann Risley. I'm a cross between Gilda and Lorraine. <laughs> and then, you're going to love this. Oh, this is the best. <laughs> this was, this was, oh, hey, I'm Gil, I'm Gilbert Gottfried, I'm 
cross between John and Belushi and that guy from last year who did the Rod Serling impression. <laughs> what a dig on Harry Shear, huh? Well, yeah. And I'm I'm Dan, who are you? I'm Denny Dillon. And live from New York, it's Saturday night. You see, I didn't care for that open, uh, just oh, because no. I think I think in retrospect that hurt it. Well, th- that hurt it, but also again in retrospect, you know, uh, knowing what happened this season and how much of a disaster this uh, season was, you know, hearing Gail Mathias say that she's a cross between Jane Curtin and Gilda Radner, okay, that. She isn't a cross between Jane Curtin's uh, uh, pinky toenail and uh, a hair in Gilda Radner's head. She she doesn't have that much talent. I'm sorry. Okay. Same with Charles Rocket, comparing himself to Chevy Chase and Bill Murray. And, I mean, I'll give Gilbert credit. That was funny. A cross between John Belushi and, and uh, Harry Shearer. <laughs> that was funny. But it wasn't – I mean, again, knowing what happened – it's like, okay, this is you know, sort of brazen, sort of bold comparing yourselves to the previous cast. And I'm even surprised NBC and, and, uh, and Fred Silverman at that point would allow them to reference the previous cast. Well, there you go. I mean, they left in mass. I mean, the only person, as you said, that was left was Brian Doyle Murray. Mm-hmm. Oh, and we forgot to mention, this is like a parody of Bob and Carol and Ted and Alice, mm-hmm. which L.A. Gould was in. Okay, and uh, we have uh, our first sketch is the requisite presidential sketch with uh, Rosalind Carter, played by Anne Risley, trying to seduce Jimmy Carter, played by Joe Piscopo, who is still pressed over his defeat in the 1980 presidential election, with Amy Carter, played by Denny Dillon. That's not funny. Uh, no. Ne- next is the Rocket Report with Charles Rocket who is looking for information about John Lennon's upcoming album. Remember, this it's... was about the time that John Lennon... Oh, yeah, we'll bring it up on the next episode. Oh, yeah. you know yeah. what? Let's just go on to the, ne- Let's just go on to the next episode. Oh, we? yeah, because this is kind of timely. Because this is going to go... This is, like, indicative of how this season's going to go. Episode 2... Hosted by Malcolm McDowell with musical guest Captain Beefheart and his magic band. And it should be noted that recently on Gilbert Gottfried's Amazing Colossal Podcast, they did a two-part interview with Malcolm McDowell, and they brought up Malcolm's appearance on Saturday Night Live in 1980. <laughs> and Mike, do you want to describe? Because I played it before we... Uh, we started the episode for you. Go ahead, Mike. I, I, all I'm going to say, and, and Greg, you can fill in the, the gaps, is uh, Malcolm uh, referred to one of the cast members uh, as Johnny Rocket. <laughs> Johnny Rocket. So, so apparently Charles Rocket is now a, a 50s hamburger chain. A 50s hamburger chain, but... I was going to, I was, there was one sketch on the weekend update with Malcolm McDowell where he's playing John Lennon and Denny Dillon's playing Yoko Ono. And this would be, and this is like obviously two weeks before John Lennon was tragically murdered. So Malcolm McDowell in the 
uh, podcast with Gilbert talked about how he always felt like horrible for it. And then like maybe for the, the maybe around the 20th anniversary of John Lennon's death, the BBC released like some old audio recordings with John Lennon the weekend before he died. And there was like this segment where uh, John Lennon's talking about, Oh yeah, me and Yoko, we were watching Saturday Night Live and they were they were talking about us and we thought it was hilarious, wasn't it, Yoko? And Malcolm McDowell felt all of a sudden better for that because it's like, okay, John Lennon thought it was funny. Okay. Malcolm McDowell could not predict what would happen to John Lennon two oh, weeks no. later. No. So so I I I I I sort of don't understand why he, he feels so guilty. It's just total happenstance. Just coincidence that, that two weeks later he, he gets murdered uh, in front of the Dakota. Yeah. Survivor's remorse, maybe. Because remember, Charlie Rocket was at the Dakota asking about John Lennon's new album. You're right about that. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Survive, perhaps Survivor's remorse. But that nearly wasn't the worst thing that came out of that episode. Oh, we're going to talk about Jack the Stripper? Sure, let's talk about Jack the Stripper. Malcolm McDowell and Drag, everybody. Doing his best Maggie Thatcher impression. And remember, folks, this was a year after he played H.G. Wells in Time After Time, where he hunted David Warner as Jack the Ripper. Oh, by the way, the 2017 series based on Time After Time is a future entry. Okay. Uh, but then you have a sketch called, and, uh, I ca- and this is the actual sketch title. Okay. Don't write letters. <laughs> Do not write. Oh, no, I know where you're going. No, no, Chico, please. Well, all I can say is, yeah, that happens, and Gene Domanian let it happen. Uh, but also, we should make a positive out of this negative. Oh, We're not even going to mention the sketch because no. it, the title is that offensive. Oh, even in 2020, it's offensive. Oh, in 2020, it's especially offensive. In 2020, you get crucified. Yeah. We should note that in this sketch, Eddie Murphy made his first appearance on SNL. Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. But one bright spot of this episode, Joe Piscopo, Saturday Night Sports. Yeah! So th- I guess this was the... Genesis. This episode was as bad as it was, and many people have said that this was the worst episode of Saturday Night Live ever. Of course, this was before the uh, 20th anniversary season, which is going to be a future entry, by the way. This was the genesis of the Joe Piscopo Eddie Murphy friendship. Episode three, hosted by Ellen Burstyn, with musical guests Aretha Franklin and Keith Sykes. Two really good sketches. One was the short film based on the song Fish Heads. Fish Heads. That's Bush Heads. Fish Heads. Fish Heads. Eat them up. Yum. Classic. <laughs> yep. And then Eddie Murphy actually has his speaking debut as a commenter. <laughs> commentator. A, a commentator on. We kept update. He was commentating about basketball players. Yeah. <laughs> and it is one of the funniest things this entire season. Oh, yeah. And you could tell right away Eddie Murphy was, was like, like, 
this guy, watch this. It was like people were ba- backstage going, watch this guy. This guy's going to be a star. This guy's going to be so. This guy's somebody special. Yep. This guy's going to make it. Yeah, they knew they had somebody special aboard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, and one thing I want to note about Fish Heads. Who directed Fish Heads? Um, I have no idea who directed Fish Heads. Bill Mummy. Oh, he, he directed it. I he thought did- he was just in it. He directed it. And you know who else was in it? Bill Paxton. Bill Paxton, yes. R.I.P. Bill Paxton. Mm-hmm. Would later be on SNL in 1998 with one of the funniest <laughs> sketches, in my opinion, of that year, 97, 98. Mike, remember this. The sketch with, uh, on MSNBC with all the Chiron on the screen. I remember that. And, and the thing is, I didn't watch much SNL around that period. I was a mad TV guy around that time, but I remember that sketch. Yes. Yeah. And if you were watching MSNBC in 1997, 98, that is exactly what it was back then. It had like Chiron all over the place. Yeah. You're not wrong. You are not wrong. No, no. Episode four. Yes. Oh my God. Oh, you're, oh, you're ready for this. You're ready for this. Oh yeah. Jamie hosted by Jamie Lee Curtis with musical guests. James Brown, Hetman, and Ellen Shipley. Yeah, that is a that's a dynamite right there. Jamie Lee Curtis, fresh. I believe Halloween two might have been out at that point. No, it was uh, the original Halloween. Yeah, original, original Halloween was seventy eight. Seventy eight. Okay, so it was so it was Halloween two. Okay. Yeah, Halloween two was around that time, and you got James Brown. Come on. It's like uh, it was like. I was I was just waiting for somebody to say. And now, ladies and gentlemen, are, and now, ladies and gentlemen, it is start time. Are you ready for start time? Uh, correction: Halloween Two was actually eighty-one, so a year uh, off. But uh, still, she was riding high. I mean, yep. Halloween was a big hit back in seventy-eight. Hey, yeah, I'll but tell you what. I'll tell you what. Halloween got her the match game in nineteen eighty. Uh, and seventy-eight, I believe. Yeah, and Pyramid, twenty thousand dollar Pyramid shoes on. Oh, I didn't know she was on Pyramid. Oh, she was oh, yeah. on $20,000 Pyramid. Oh, yeah. Uh, and also, it doesn't hurt that she's uh, the daughter of uh, Tony Curtis, oh, royalty in Hollywood. Oh, yes. oh, yeah. And Janet Lee. Why does everybody forget Janet Lee? Everyone forgets about Janet Lee. Yeah. Okay. Nobody should forget about Janet Lee. All right. And uh, on this episode, we actually have Matthew Lawrence as a cast member. Uh, Matthew Lawrence, a uh, future, st- uh, future entry duet. And, and Patrick Weathers. I have no idea who that guy is. Yeah. Oh, but who appears in a black and white film short? Danny DeVito. Frank Reynolds. Wait, you mean Ango Gablogian? <laughs> Bullshit. No, he means the warthog from that episode of It's Always Sunny. Bullshit. Bullshit. Derivative. Derivative. Hey, you got to pay the troll toll if you want to get in. Oh, my gosh. Oh, boy. But we'll talk about Frank Reynolds somewhere down the line. Oh, my gosh. By, by Frank Reynolds, we, also, we mean him and the ABC newscaster, Frank Reynolds. Okay. No, no relation. No. no, but can you imagine what would ha- would it be if Danny DeVito was actually related to Frank Reynolds, the ABC newscaster? It'd be like a, it would be like another twin situation with him and Arnold. Yep. <laughs> oh boy! 
Yeah, got to clean the pellet off after that one. Well, we have the Christmas episode coming up next. Oh, and who and who who speaks Christmas more than David Carradine? Guy from Kung Fu. Yeah, the guy from Kung Fu, and musical guest Linda Ronstead. And with the with the cast of the Pirates of Penzance, I yeah. am not joking. Oh my God! Yes, they performed a medley of tunes, including "I Am the Very Model of a Modern Major General." Colin Baker did it better in a Big Finish audio for Doctor uh, Who. Oh, is there not one maiden breast? <laughs> what? <laughs> Oh, that! Oh, is there not one maiden breast, or <laughs> wandering one? And go, ye heroes! And a medley of Christmas carols, featuring O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, Joy to the World, and the First Noel. Uh, also featured a Bill, a Mr. Bill film. Oh yeah, Mr. Bill. Oh, can't, no! We can't forget about Mr. Bill. No. So, so Mr. Bill actually got retained. Uh, in season six, I find that very interesting. Well, I thought Mr. I thought Mr. Bill would have gone uh, once everybody else he, left. Yeah, you would have thought he was gone with uh, with Lauren. With Lauren. Yeah, but... you'd think that. Episodes. Oh, I mean, I got a lot to. Say. I got something to say about this host. Okay. Ray Sharkey with musical guest Jack Bruce and friends. Now Ray Sharkey is was. Was known well for, for a lot of uh, movie roles. Um, he was nominated. I believe he was nominated, or no, he won a Golden Globe at this time in '81 for *The Idol Maker* for best motion picture actor in a musical or comedy. But Ray Sharkey was the villain on the first half of season one of *Wise Guy*, playing Sonny Steelgrave. Hmm. Okay. And it, Yes, because as I mentioned in one of the previous episodes when we talked about Jonathan Banks and Into the Sanford Verse, I talked about how after Double Dare, I was wanted to watch Ken Wall and Wise Guy, and I watched binge the first half of season one. And Ray Schrocky is absolutely incredible as the villain in se- the first half of season one of Wise Guy. It, it's especially the final episode of that arc. That is probably the best one of the best hours of television I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. So watch that on the Film Rise YouTube channel, everybody. There you go. Among the sketches, we have Wasp Interpreter, Tommy Torture, Tommy Torture, with uh, Debbie playing a dominatrix, I'm guessing. Oh. Citizens for a Better America, with Gilbert Godfrey as Dr. Sven Gazzara. Is that a parody of Ben Gazzara? I think so. <laughs> uh, Gail Mathias's first turn as co-anchor of Update. So yeah, she would be doing it with Charles, I think. Yep. And a commercial for... Uh, 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 it's just a commercial. It, whatever it is, include ring size, trace your face, red, blue, green, or natural oak. It's here. No moving parts. Nine ninety nine. It's here to box zero New York, New York, New York, nine, 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 nine. I imagine he delivered that incredibly quickly. Hmm. Yep. Uh, Eddie Murphy, because the, because the show is running short, 
Eddie Murphy decided to deliver a five-minute monologue called Black People Fighting. Uh, I'm going to add Tommy Torture. Looking uh, at a site here, it looks like Tommy Torture was a a heavy metal band of sorts. Oh. Ray Sharkey played Tommy Torture, and then other band members, uh, I'm guessing these are band members from the uh, Saturday Night Live band were... Uh, we're in the sketch. It doesn't uh, have any of the featured players uh, playing any of the band members. Uh, you had Patrick Weathers as a waiter. Uh, Charles Rocket was in it. Uh, Matthew Lawrence was a club owner. So it had nothing to do with S&M. Uh, it had to do with... No, that's, looks, I guess like, that's it looks another, like heavy metal. I guess that's another episode, because I remember Denny Dillon played a... Yes, I know what you're talking about. I, I know what you're talking about. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. But that's another episode. That, that, that's somewhere down the road. Yeah, but yeah, yeah but, well, well, we talked about Eddie doing the stand-up monologue, right? <laughs> yeah. Because he, he did it late. And uh, he didn't he mock Garrett Morris in it? Yes. And Stevie Wonder. <laughs> and Stevie Wonder. And Bill Cosby. And <laughs> this was before we knew what this, we know now. This is before we knew what we know now in 2020. Yeah. Uh, Han- Hannibal Burris was not around, obviously, 1980 to tell us the truth. <laughs> Eddie Murphy was Hannibal Burris before Hannibal Burris was Hannibal Burris. Just saying. Uh, episode seven: Host Karen Black, musical guests Cheap Trick and the Stanley Clark Trio. Wait, you mean Karen Black from Airport 77? No, I mean Karen Black from Airport 75. What? Uh, the musical guest that week, well, there's two. Cheap Trick. How about that? Cheap Trick and the Stanley Clark Trio. I don't know who the Stanley Clark Trio is. It, it rings a bell, but um, well, Stanley Clark is a five-time Grammy winner. 15 Ooh. nominations. So, I mean, he obviously did something. Oh, right? and his electric bass is permanently on display at the Smithsonian. There you go. Museum of African American history and culture. Okay, hey, you if go. you're in the Smithsonian, you have to have done something well. Yeah. Right. Uh, some of the sketches. Now, this aired on January 17th of 1981. And as you probably know, uh, later that week, uh, Ronald Reagan would be coming in as president and Jimmy Carter would be leaving. Mm-hmm. So, guess what the opening sketch was about? Leaving it was the. the White House. It was the Carters moving out of the White House. And you had uh, Joe Piscopo playing Jimmy Carter and Ann Risley as Rosalind and Denny Dillon played Amy, and they're moving out of the White House. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, can't wait for Reagan to start up. Oh, by the way, look at this. Same episode, we have a uh, sketch with Ronald Reagan and Frank Sinatra. And follow this. Mm-hmm. Frank Sinatra was played, being played by Joe Piscopo. So he was Carter, and now he's uh, Frank Sinatra. Ronald Reagan was played by Charles Rocket, and Gail Mathias played Nancy. Which, you know, I could totally see. And you know what? According to Helen Weingrad, this episode was, and now I'm quoting, actually funny all the way through. Yeah, uh, among other sketches, there's a sketch about the Mona Lisa where Karen Black played the Mona Lisa. Uh, and there's a 60 Minutes uh, spoof uh-huh. uh, with uh, Piscopo playing Dan Rather. 
Okay, that's that's a little tough no, for me I, to no, absorb. I can, no, I can totally see it. Okay, yeah, you can see it. I have okay. Now that I'm looking at the still of him uh, playing Dan Rather, I can see it too. Okay. Wait, wait, Dan Rather hadn't been CBS Evening News anchor yet, right? Oh, he was no, about no, to it was still Cronkite. Uh, no, Cronkite no, was there till Dan 81. Rather, that, Dan Rather wouldn't be the, uh, the guy until March. Okay, so two months he would be. He yeah. might have just been announced as the uh, Evening News anchor. Well, possibly, but again, this is a 60-minute spoof, and he was definitely yeah. on 60 Minutes. He was definitely on 60 Minutes in 81. Absolutely. Uh-huh. And then you have the Saturday Night Live action dolls. <laughs> Were they made by Mego? Probably. Oh, Probably. Mego had their hands in everything. You saw that episode of... Uh, I saw that Star Trek episode of The Toys the- Made Us. <laughs> That was a good episode. Oh, that was a good episode. Especially whole that series, communi- whole series was pretty good. And especially that communicator where you opened it up, it would make that red alert noise annoying. <laughs> well, we had Karen Black on episode seven. Let's uh-huh. stay in the airport type of theme with episode eight. Uh, somebody who was starring in a little movie uh, in 1980 called Airplane. Yep, Robert you- Hayes. Yep. Robert Hayes, yes. Robert Hayes, future installment, Angie. Oh, yes. a- oh, yeah, absolutely. He was on Angie too, uh, back in like '79. So he had Angie, and then he also had uh, Airplane at the time. So he was riding high. He was doing uh, very well at the time. Hey, you might say Robert Hayes was flying high. Wrong show, Greg. Oh yeah, I think at this uh, th- at this time Connie Selica would have been on Great American <laughs> Hero. Mm, not even close. No, it would. She would have been because eighty eighty one would have been its first season. No, oh, okay, my mistake. The cold opening was Ted Koppel reporting America not held hostage anymore because again. Oh, oh yeah, it was the same day as Reagan getting inaugurated. Well, mm. it wasn't the same day, but remember when Reagan got inaugurated, the first thing he did was like promise that Iran would be blown off the face of the earth and all the hostages were released like immediately. So America not being held hostage anymore, you could look at it two ways, the hostages being released, but also America doesn't have Carter as president anymore. Yay. Uh, Okay. Uh, Another sketch was uh, love American style, Robert Hayes and a love doll. Yeah. Don't confuse this with the anthology show from the sixties and seventies. Yeah, uh, and and this was actually the first episode where Eddie Murphy, who is in the next sketch after that, Saturday Night Live Sports Central, as a repertory player. Yes, he he became a cast member after this in uh-huh. this episode. And oh, oh God! Okay, you have the entire cast in the Save a Network telethon. Three guesses what network they're trying to save. And the first two don't count. And the first two don't count. Then you have Michael Nesmith as a, an actor in a foreign film. So. Michael Nesmith of the Monkees. Mm-hmm. And, uh, oh yeah, the, dis- the disco meltdown on, I'm guessing, something that looks like, <laughs> it looks like the disco on Super Train, I think. It sort of does. Yeah, it sort of does. 
And then uh, to uh, capitalize on two popular movies from that era, from 1980-81, there was a sketch called Ordinary Elephant People, which was a takeoff of Ordinary People and the Elephant Man. Oh, yeah. Because we don't talk about David Lynch enough on this podcast. No. Oh, jeez. That wasn't where I was going with that, but... Yeah, let's, let's let's make fun of the Elephant Man. Oh my god! Yeah, I think that's get. I think that's getting a Criterion Blu-ray soon. I'm not even joking. Okay, and uh, oh yeah, remember when we were talking about Eddie Murphy being promoted? He actually turned that into a stand-up. I guess they were. I guess they were running low. They were running short again. It's like, hey, Eddie, that worked last time. Do it again. Mm-hmm. And uh, musical, and uh, yeah, musical performances by Joe King, Carrasco, and the Crowns, and fourteen Carrot Souls. So. Man, they went they went double booked on musical guests this season. They really did, and double booked on good musical guests. Oh yeah, no, especially when we get like three episodes from now. Uh, well, let's get to the next one. Host Sally Kellerman, musical guest Jimmy Cliff. Now, Sally Kellerman would have been best known for playing Hot Lips Houlihan in the movie version of MASH. Mm hmm. And uh, this would be the first cold opening with Ronald and Nancy, played by Charlene Gale, talking, and this one. They were actually talking about Ronnie's seventieth birthday, <laughs> and he <laughs> makes a point to say his age is now at the, the average life expectancy for an American at that time. But uh, but aside from that, I'm trying to uh, oh game show parody. Name that sin. <laughs> because name that tune was in its final season. Then, yeah. Uh-huh. I wish they'd gotten Tom Kennedy for this. Oh, well, you can't no, get he has standards. No. Okay. Don't, don't drag him into this train wreck. Okay. Uh, speaking of train wrecks, Iranian joke book. Oh. Oh, we can joke about that, though, because the hostages have been released. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, also, it's related, there's actually a mini film called The Day in the Life of a Hostage. Uh, oh. Yeah. Oh, and even more related, there's a sketch called the Iranian Student Council. Oh. oh. Yeah, okay, we get it. Uh, uh, I, I think we're. Uh, I think we better move on really fast. I, I feel uh, very dirty right now. Yeah. I have a. Oh yeah. And Sally Kellerman actually did her own singing that th- this episode. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Well, there's your double act for the uh, for the musical guest. Mm-hmm. Speaking, uh, oh, speaking of uh, host pulling double duty, next episode, Deborah Harry's hosting, and uh, and she's the musical guest with Bucky Four Plus One. That oh, Bucky Four Plus One. Bucky Four Plus One more. Yeah, obviously Mike knows who he is, but no, I don't. Actually, taking a look, uh, it looks like uh, it includes. Uh, I thought it was DJ Jazzy. No, Jeff. it's another Jazzy Jeff. It's another it's, Jazzy Jeff. Yeah, a, it's an MC Jazzy Jeff. Oh, first hip hop act to perform on SNL. First hip hop act to perform live on national television. 
So it's very groundbreaking. Oh, quite groundbreaking. Wow. Kind of surprised for this sort of thing. Uh, we have a news break with Eddie Murphy doing another one of his shots there. Where's Cooter? Sounds. I don't want to know. I don't want to. Uh, uh, so many things I could say. That. Anyway, Big Brother. No, not that Big Brother. That would be had... for another 19 years. Yeah, we were talking. Yeah, we're talking basically a take on 1984 with Gilbert Gottfried as the guy on the television. Gilbert Gottfried is Big Brother. Okay. Gilbert Gottfried is Big Brother. It would be that would be hilarious. Gilbert, Gilbert Gottfried is Big Brother. Yeah, holy at everybody. I can imagine. I can imagine it in twenty years. Greg, please go to the diary room. <laughs> what are you doing, Chicken George? <laughs> Jeff, can you imagine Gilbert Godfrey yelling at Chicken George? <laughs> I- I'm done. Oh, okay. speaking of done. Oh boy. Oh, oh yeah. This is this is the one you were. This was the one we were waiting for. This, the, the, is, this is the one. This this is what uh, broke the camel's back. This is the episode. You bought the ticket. Get ready to take the ride. Episode eleven. Host, Charlene Telton, musical guest, Todd Rundgren, and Prince. Yeah, that's a good musical, uh, well, not musical act. Those are two good musical acts. And this is when Prince was starting to hit it big. I mean, oh, yeah. Purple Rain wouldn't be like for another three years, but this is when like, yeah, his, his, like his star was rising. This was controversy. You knew he was going to be immense after controversy um one of the for, oh this was actually one of the first installments of what what would be eddie murphy's uh main sort of sketch mr robinson's neighborhood classic mm-hmm. but before we get to that before we, we talk about more of the uh the sketches in this episode the open the open. It's oh, called yeah. Super Fight, but if you look at the uh, the screen grab, if you're looking at the screen grab I'm seeing, it reminds you of something from about what was it? Maybe about 14 years later, 12 years later. Just about, yeah. Yeah, and if you look at uh, who's involved in this, you know exactly who did this. Mark Wiener. Mark Wiener. If you remember Wienerville on Nickelodeon where they'd shrink down the people to small size and they'd have like these big heads. Oh, yeah. Like these puppet bodies. That was the open to this. It was a super fight between, uh, I don't know who the, the fighters were, but uh, Joe Piscopo was involved in some capacity, I think unsurprisingly. And, 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 on, and on Truth by Consensus Wikipedia, I'm guessing in this sketch, there's a cameo appearance by Don King. I would get well since it's called uh, Super Fight. I would assume Don King has a uh, an appearance there. Yeah. Oh, you, 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 and also uh, they make a an appearance during SNL Sports, and that's where Don King actually appears. Okay. It, it, so so Mark Weiner is back with the uh, the Super Fight, the the boxers, but Don King makes an appearance in the SNL Sports version of uh, 
uh, of the super fight. Wow. Mark Wiener and Don King. Wow. What a, Mm -hmm. along with Todd Rundgren and Prince. Yeah. Only in America. Only in America. Eddie Murphy doing Stevie Wonder in a sketch titled A Fiddler Beyond the Roof. You would think that this would be just an absolutely epic episode. I mean, an absolutely epic episode. You'd think that, and then you have a running gag throughout the episode since it's Charlene Tilton and she was on Dallas. And remember what was happening in 8081, you had that whole who shot JR thing. Yeah, it's like everything was leading up to that. Yeah, I mean, that's basically what the episode was doing. It was leading up to, okay, we're going to say who shot uh, Charles Rocket. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing I want to add is, it's funny we talk about JR. Actually, originally, according to Truth by Consensus Wikipedia, Larry Hagman was originally chosen to host, but he refused to do the show, so it went to Charlene Tilton. Good on you, Larry Hagman. I, I, he's too good to be with this cast. I'm sorry. Yeah. Larry, Larry Hagman has standards. He was on I Dream of Genie. Uh, but also, let, let's also remember that Larry Hagman was, uh, he was the big fish on Dallas. Charlene Tilton was there too. I mean, she was, uh, she was important to Dallas as well, uh, being the young yeah. blonde but uh she hey. was no larry hagman oh. not a chance oh she was no victoria principal no, let's she... be honest oh, you know no. what not even close and then the show okay everything's going all well and good prince is just doing prince things there are it's like there's good there's really good and then there's prince and then after that performance we have uh, the good night. We have the cast lining up for the good nights. Charles Rockets in the wheelchair after getting shot, and he's he's smoking a drag, and 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 Charlene's like, "I hope you can forgive us for doing this." And Charlie, still in character, just grumbles. I I like to know who the fuck did it. <laughs> And this went uncensored because it's live. Uh-huh. And, and who was in the booth when that went down? Oh, probably Fred Silverman? Uh, either Fred Silverman or Dick Ebersol. Probably Dick Ebersol. I think it was Dick Ebersol, but yeah, there was somebody big there, heard this, and literally, like, head started rolling as soon as the the cameras stopped rolling yeah so so, so we had a whole lot of changes after this episode it it was a bad season to begin with but once you throw the f-bomb and you're going to get those fcc complaints yeah there's no going back nope so now we now so now we go to two weeks later after two weeks late two weeks later and returning as host, Bill Murray. Yeah, they needed something to liven up the show from two weeks ago, so they figured, you know what? Bill, can you come back to host an episode? And he did. And, and actually, the heads didn't totally start rolling because a lot of the cast was still on this episode. 
Yep. You still had uh, Denny Dillon and Gilbert Gottfried and Gail Matthias and obviously Eddie Murphy and Joe Piscopo, Charles Rocket. Charles Rocket somehow retained his job, even well, though the F-bomb got slipped. Well, well, they did do a cold open with Bill and the cast about the negative <laughs> reviews. And, yep. they, and they do bring up the fat Charles Rocket's incident. Like, from and and Charlie, Charlie, watch your language. All right? Yeah, it ain't going to make much of a difference. Sorry if I spoiled anything. <laughs> yeah, and tell them, don't worry. It just doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. Yeah, it didn't matter because, uh, frankly, this this episode was just... I'm looking at one sketch, and it's giving me the creeps. What is it? There's a sketch called Chapstick. And I'm just going to mention the, the top three people listed in this sketch. Uh-huh. Denny Dillon as a fan. Gail Mathias as a fan. Gilbert Gottfried, apparently this is who they're the fan of. And if you know the whole backstory, this gives you the creeps. Roman Polanski. Moving on! Oh, Moving God. on fast, yes. Okay. I, I should note that in this episode, Bill Murray reprised his role as Nick the Lounge Singer. And making a cameo, of course, as Nick's pianist, Paul Schaefer. Nice. Because Very nice. Yes, because remember, Paul Schaefer was part of the original band on Saturday Night Live. And this would be like a year before Late Night with David Letterman started. So mm-hmm. Yeah, because we said that started in February of 82. Yes. Yep. And another thing that happened was uh, Walter Cronkite passed the reins to Dan Rather. We have a sketch called Altered Walter. With Bill Murray as Walter Cronkite and Joe Piscopo as Dan Rather. Yeah, because Bill Murray played Walter Cronkite on the first uh, run of the show. <laughs> yep. so. I should note that uh, Bill Murray announced that the next episode would be hosted by Robert Guillaume with musical guest Ian Dury and the Blockheads, but the episode was canceled because, guys... Gene Dominion got replaced as executive producer. Turns out it really did matter. It just doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. Only it did because after that episode, Gene Dominion got shit canned. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And and also, not just Gene Dominion. Oh my gosh. Uh, You you had a, a number of new cast members coming in. Uh, who'd actually stick around for a little while. There's some people whose names you don't recognize uh, necessarily, but they're using the term that we use so often, known entities. Yeah, I'll tell you right now, um, Charles Rocket was fired. Of course. (laughs) Because of course he was. Anne Risley was fired because of course she was. And Gilbert Gottfried was fired because of course he was. Replacing them would be Robin Duke, Tim Kazarinski, and Tony Rosato. Wait, Tim Kazarinski? You well, mean here's the thing. Officer Sweet Chuck? Officer Sweet Chuck was on SNL. Now, here's the thing. Robin Duke was not the original choice to replace oh, yeah. Dale or Anne. Yes, because I know who it was supposed to be. You know who it was supposed to be? Catherine O'Hara. Yep, so it was supposed to be another SCTV alum, Catherine O'Hara. But she's but she was like a cast member for a day. Her words. She was a cast member for a day. And she uh she suggested Robin Duke 
replace her. Well, supposedly the reason why she quit after a day was Mike O'Donohue gave her the creeps. Which is want, which he is wont to do. Yes. But, I mean, Catherine O'Hara now is an Emmy, so... Okay. Well, yeah, she, yeah, she and the entire of the cast of Shit's Creek. Yeah. And they well that, deserve it. Um, yeah, I mean, that's a show that we're never going to cover here. That's the thing. No, no. Oh, absolutely not. No. Not after the last week they had. Oh, my God. And besides, we got plenty of Canadian shows we're going to cover on this podcast. <laughs> oh, yes. Neon hey, hanging in. Neon no, 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 no. We're not going to cover hanging in. <laughs> Neon Rider. Neon Rider. No. <laughs> and we're not going to talk about wheelchair Jimmy Brooks either. <laughs> no, 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 no. Of course not. We should also note that uh, there were two other cast members that made their only appearance as cast members on this episode, and we use that term loosely. Lori Metcalf. That Lori Metcalf. That Lori Metcalf from Roseanne, yes, and the Connors, yes. And Emily Prager. Who? Uh, it says Emily Prager was on The Edge of Night from 68 to 72. Well, she looks was, like she's better known as a, a writer than a, yeah. uh, anything else. Yeah, she was credited, but she never appeared. Yeah, that's why I said you know was, you know she sort of was in this episode, but she wasn't. She actually she uh, appeared in the credits, but didn't appear in the show at all. Yeah, and, we'll and Laurie Metcalf was only in a pre-taped segment for Weekend Update. Yeah, so they didn't even really make real appearances. Well, one made an appearance, but the other didn't even appear at all in the show. And that gives them the notorious distinction for having the shortest stint on SNL history for any cast member. Yeah, and One we'll get, show. And we'll get to the reason why when we get to the end of this. There but, you go. But this episode actually had no host, but the musical guest was Junior Walker and the All-Stars. This was April 11th, by the way. April 11th, 81. So in the cold <laughs> open, we have Chevy Chase walking around the studio, reminiscing about the good times, and then he stumbles upon an old friend. Mr. B- yeah, Mr. Bill. Classic open. I've seen it. It's great. Yeah. And then he smashes Mr. Bill at the end of the uh, skit. Oh, no. Oh, no. But, oh, we had a great bit here. Because uh, Chevy did Weekend Update to discuss the season. And... Oh, who appears in the in the weekend update bit? Al Franken, <laughs> and he argued that 1980 was going to the 1980s were going to be the Al Franken decade. Yup, and it was. It was the Al Franken decade. I mean, he was the one man mobile unit in the nineteen eighty eight presidential election on this, and during the Gulf War too. Oh, the yeah. guy I forgot he did that. He did that same at the Gulf War. Yeah, that was amazing. yes, he did back in ninety and ninety one. Yes, that he was... was in the Gulf War. Yep. <laughs> so we have all that, and um, yeah, there was one more firing on that episode. It was Don Pardo's last episode as announcer until season eight. Yeah, yeah you can't keep a good guy down. Yeah, he because yeah because he was the announcer for eighty one eighty two. So, but he came back. I think it was because Michael O'Donoghue didn't like him. Also on this episode, 
since there was no host, we, we had a, a, a mishmash of, uh, of different people. Rotating there actually people. was a, uh, a sketch. It really wasn't a sketch. There was a segment called Friends, and it had Chevy Chase. And listen to this. These are two big names from 1980-81. Yes. You had Christopher Reeve, mm-hmm. Superman, and then you had Robin Williams, who would have been Mork at the time, but also around that time, 80. around 81, he would have been in the Popeye movie. And he was still on Mork and Mindy at the time. That's uh-huh. why I said, yeah, he was on Mork and Mindy at the time. So, But, uh, but also, it should be noted, I noticed Christopher Reeve and Robin Williams were actually like classmates at Juilliard. Yep. I did not know that. Yeah, because I... Cause because I remember Robin Williams talking about it after Christopher Reeve died. And after a film about a bag lady and Junior Walker and the All-Stars, that would be the show. That, that's that, your season, more or less. That's yeah. your season. Yeah, because it, originally, I should note, Al Franken mentioned that the following week, him and Tom Davis would be hosting Saturday Night Live with the Grateful Dead. But there was a writer's strike the following week. Mm-hmm. And that basically ended the season. So it basically was a blessing in disguise for Dick Ebersol because it made him quietly try to retool the show for the following year. But we do know what episodes were canceled. Oh, and yeah. We, we mentioned the Robert Guillaume and Ian Dury and the Blockheads. Yes. And, and we just mentioned Tom Davis and Al Frank. And oh, my gosh, that would have been amazing. That would have been a flashback back to the 70s. And the Grateful Dead. And the Grateful Dead. Dead. Yes. Oh, oh that my would gosh. Been that would have been so amazing. amazing. And, and continuing the amazement, April 25th of 81 would have been Dan Aykroyd and Pat Benatar. Was there oh. anybody hotter in 81 than Pat Benatar? And the, no. amazing, and the amazing thing is, and I, I didn't even realize this. Dan Aykroyd didn't host the show until 2003. What? Yeah, I, I'm sure he probably came back for like the odd cameo appearance here or there, but yeah, he didn't return to host the show until 03. That's amazing. Which is hard uh-huh. to believe considering how many times Chevy and Bill hosted. Absolutely. And uh, uh, speaking in the same group there, May 2nd of 81 was Steve Martin, or supposed to be Steve Martin, and musical guest, again, another huge name, Neil Young. Yeah. And, and again, sit down because the big names from the early 80s and beyond are just flowing in these last two episodes. May 9th of 1981 was supposed to be Brooke Shields. Now, remember, Brooke Shields was the hottest thing in like 1980, mm-hmm. uh, doing the jeans ads. Uh, she was absolutely on fire. Blue Lagoon. Blue Lagoon oh, yeah. would have been about around that time. Yeah, I think that was 81. Uh, but then the musical guest, again, mind blown, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Whoa. Just That's whoa. big. And, and then for the season finale, are you oh, ready? Oh, this is a good one. Buck Henry, who would go on to be a 10-time host, and Aria Speedwagon. Uh, oh gosh another great host and a great musical act mm. they actually had some really great uh, lineups hosts and musical guests for the canceled episodes yep damn writer strike yeah, yeah. Darn, darn well darn writer strike and also i think you can add into that darn season six of snl oh that, yeah that, that almost killed it uh, i'll tell i'll tell you right now tom shales he's basically subbing up 
everything that was written about this season about when he said this. Quote, Vile from New York, it's Saturday night. The show was a snide and sordid embarrassment that imitated the ribaldry and willingness to prod sacred cows without having the least compensating satirical edge. It was just haplessly pointless tastelessness. From the six new performers and 13 new writers hired for the show, viewers got virtually no good news. Jean made it clear that she was primarily at fault. It's gotta be funnier. And then, and then she put a tape in the in the video cassette machine to begin a sketch by sketch critique. And she did so, according to a writer. She said, "Watch this, and I hope you hate it because you wrote it." Ouch! Ooh! Ow! That's so. Harsh. Yeah, that hurt. I mean, yeah. that that was... I need to go have a drink hurt. Yeah, that stings. That's that's t- very harsh. So, what could I... Hmm. So, uh, so... But, Saturday Night Live would give another shot. And, tell you right now. Season 7. Season 7. It was weird, but it started to look a little bit familiar. So the show, while it got back, you know, some of its glory, I mean, you can't do as bad as season six. In my opinion, it really didn't get back to, you know, really must see hilarious TV until uh, 86, 87 season. Lauren Michaels coming back. and With Lauren Michaels and you had John Lovitz and you had Kevin Nealon and Victoria Jackson. Oh, I mean, we could just like talk all day about, you know, the the people that came aboard in in that season and uh, the impact that they had uh, Uh for at least like the next five years and even longer. But I should note, you know, in the early 80s, basically you had like, Eddie Murphy and Joe Piscopo basically keeping that show afloat in the early to mid eighties. And of course you, you'd have like some notable cast members come here or there. You had uh, some woman from Chicago by the name of Julia Louis-Dreyfus in 82. Never heard of her. You had some comedy writer coming in fresh off of Fridays by the name of Larry David. Never heard of him. And then you had a couple of uh, people show up in 84, 85, like uh, uh, Billy Crystal. Never yeah, heard of Never him. heard of him. And Martin Short. Oh, he's, oh, Martin Short, he's such, he is such a genius, I must say. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, are we talking about Ed Grimley? Uh, <laughs> a yeah, future yeah, oh, you know where I'm going with future Ed Grimley. The Ed Grimley cartoon. Yeah, I'm referring to the Ed Grimley cartoon, which we're gonna cover one day. Yes. Oh, I'm gonna go mental when we cover it. <laughs> are, are you gonna get your shrine of Pat Sajak ready? I'm oh. gonna get my shrine of Pat Sajak, and I'm gonna put a little board on a little wheel on it. I must say. <laughs> I did you I think oh god you had to think because it was on NBC that Pat Sajak had to have had a cameo on that You would think so. I don't remember one though. Was it Wheels in Los Angeles, SNL's in New York. So well 
But Pat Sajak did make a cameo on Rugrats, uh, which we are going to cover. But mm-hmm. that's years down the road. Uh, that, is, that, is, that is years down the road, and that's another episode for another day. But, uh, and, and, yeah, needless to say, the show has recovered nicely since uh, we're, we're talking about uh, season six, uh, yeah, right before the premiere of season 46. This is mm-hmm. the 40th anniversary of that season. Oh, yeah, God. Well, we may not want to remember say is, Chris Rock, don't screw this up. <laughs> hey. He's on Fargo now, and everyone's talking about how this season of Fargo is going to be great with him in it. Yes, so. yes. But uh, SNL, but Saturday Night Live eighty, the Gene Demanian season, perhaps the worst thing on TV. But hey, you got Malcolm McDowell and drag, so it's all good. True. That's the end. Well, I guess so, unless yeah. you have something to say, Mike. Oh, guys, get ready. Oh, boy. Oh, uh, Greg, are you sitting down? Oh, fuck. What is it? <laughs> you know what it is. It's time for... Play the music. Yeah. Play, play the music. It, it's time for the end of the show. Oh. <laughs> Bro, they've been sitting Not there. Not cool, man. Bro, they've been... Not- it's, it's me, Vince Russo. I'm here from the truck at NBC. Charlie Rocket has just cursed the storm. He wants to know who the F did it. And they want to know who shot CR. Who shot CR? Who, who, who shot Johnny Rocket? Yeah. Afterwards, they're all, we're all me and Malcolm McDowell and Don Porto. We're going to go to Johnny Rockets and we're going to have a bunch of cheeseburgers there. <laughs> well, once you get those cheeseburgers, why don't you uh, sit back and listen to a little bit of our podcast? And you can get all the previous episodes at it was a thing on TV.com and uh, enjoy that with a little drink, something uh, to wash down the burger. And uh, and then as a uh, a little appetizer or after an after dinner snack, how about you go to our socials? How about you go to Facebook and you go to Twitter or Instagram or Tumblr or the Discord? Uh, at most of those places, we're at uh, it was the thing on TV. Uh, just as a general reminder, this was episode ninety seven. Oh, we're on the cusp of greatness, I think. We're, we're the on the cusp of something. We're three episodes. The hundred, away. three episodes. Yes, three episodes, and we're uh, we got a lot of stuff that's coming. Um, and actually, I'm not going to ask Greg to spill the beans on this, but there's something he's working on, which may or may not be done in time for the hundredth episode. We'll see. Uh, it, it's a big endeavor, and he just started it within the last like week or so, and I, it's amazing what he's done. I'm just going to say that. Uh, but also do, on top of the that, work, the work I do for this podcast, let me tell you, you're doing God's work, Greg. I don't make a dime off this. Hey, nobody makes a dime. Nobody makes a dime off this. And, and you know what? In about uh, two or three weeks, I'm going to have to pay for the hosting for another year and the, uh, the, uh, the dot com name. So guess what? It's coming out of my pocket, guys. You're, you're not paying that. No, hold up. I'm paying for the cost of the Zoom subscription. So. Oh. What, what am well, I paying for? Anyway. You're, you're, you're paying the price by just being here. 
Oh, God. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that is true. And uh, but before we get to all of that, before we get to all of that, I feel like we should take a break. I feel like we should take a break, and we're going to be taking a break on the next episode. Trust me on this. Ah, I see what you did there. Yeah, we're going to take a little break, and it's going to be a a weird little break. I like you like the weird episode. Don't you? You'll see what we mean by a weird little break. Yeah. But that's next week. But yeah, so we're like a week and a half away from 100, and big stuff is definitely coming down the pipe. I can tell you that. Mm-hmm. So you're a week and a half away from that, and you're just a couple of days away from episode 98 of It Was a Thing on TV. Thanks as always for listening. We'll catch you on Thursday. Wow! Wesson 32, which I purchased from the Spiegel catalog, Chicago 60609.